Hi, it's Bob from Royal Spa. Soaking in a hot tub full of Epsom salts is the absolute best way to minimize everyday aches and pains. And we know all about Epsom salts at Royal Spa. Royal Spa hot tubs are the only hot tubs on the market that can safely and effectively use Epsom salts. Made right here in Indiana, Royal Spa hot tubs are the highest quality hot tubs on the market. Visit any one of our three Indianapolis locations or visit royalspa.com. Ah, Royal Spa. This morning on the Wake Up Call with KB and Andy. Yeah, yeah, on this Monday, appreciate you guys hanging out with us in the drivehuber.com studios. KB and Andy, Wake Up Call. Reminder, Greg Doyle going to join us coming up at 8 o'clock. Uh, we'll talk a litany of items uh, to him. Obviously, uh, all the NFL from the weekend, we're talking about Pacers uh, in action, that 2-4 and four road trip, Pascal Siakam and everything else. Don Fisher frustrated with this team. We'll dive into all of that as we go today. Uh, okay, so you, you kind of, Kevin Bowen, uh, I won't say stole the thunder, but you're tired of the Kansas City Chiefs, okay? I'm newly uh, tired of them. Uh, you're, well, I've been, I've been tired of them, but you're tired of them. Uh, Kelsey goes into the crowd. He is now going to be the drunk guy with no shirt on. That is going to be his calling card. And while I should like that, there's part of me that's tired of it. I'm done with it. The other thing from the weekend, and both of you are going to disagree with this. I want to be clear. Kevin, you've already said it, and so I know you're going to disagree. And even looking at Mark Dykton's Twitter feed yesterday, he is going to disagree with that. But I, I I am going to, and I guess part of me is like fine with the Lions if they make the Super Bowl. It is a fun story, and it's somebody different. And Dan Campbell was kind of the football meathead that everyone made fun of when they made that hire. But here is what I'm tired of, and I think there will be some Colts fans around here. I mean, obviously, Indiana, I mean, if you're an IU basketball fan, it's, what, 1987 since you last won a national title? I don't need to even get into that on the Purdue side. But now I'm being told how much I have to love the Detroit Lions fan base. Oh, they've been through so much. Oh, I just, I, you got to feel great for this old man who's in attendance for the Detroit Lions. So my weekend, while I enjoyed the NFL, I was old and crotchety as it pertains to the Kelsey brothers and how they're just now going to take over my TV screen for the next 20 years, shirtless, one of them married to Taylor Swift, the other an offensive lineman. And now, now I have to like the Detroit fan base. It's like, well, now I want a Super Bowl. I'm a very selfish person. <laughs> well, I, I, if you're, if you're not a, 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 a fan you, in 1987. But, but the New York Giants couldn't be more of a stratosphere away from the Super Bowl right now. That's so. well, I know. That's Giants what I'm angst. saying. Either you Th- exactly. cheer for somebody now or you just be an old curmudgeon and sit <laughs> on your you. couch. There we go. Well, I guess I'm picking the second one. I hate to do it, but not to be scolded. Oh, you got to love you gotta love what these Detroit fans but have been through. But isn't that fandom? Uh, to me, that is uh, sports uh, fandom. I, yeah. I absolutely love the fact that. Mark, Here you they are it. getting their chance, getting their opportunity. And, and honestly, Mark, probably of anybody being an NFC North fan, should be the one that I guess has any sort of hatred towards <laughs> no. the Lions. The Lions have not bothered anyone in the oh, NFL man. for years. They, they've been through it. They've they been, they've been a their laughing stock. They went 0 16 at one point. They've had players retire in their prime because they wanted to get out of that organization. No, I, I, I picked with my head the 49ers to win the Super Bowl. 
I'm going with my heart. I want the Lions to go all the way because I, I feel for that franchise, that fan base. Yeah. I'm very excited <laughs> for them. Couldn't be happier. Dan Campbell is a dude that I would run through a wall for See, if he I came like in him. here right now. Th- that's my problem. Something I like Campbell. I do want to get into. I don't know if we'll do it today, but I, I've thought this a lot over the last couple of weeks. The what-if scenario with Dan Campbell. I mean, he could have been the Colts head coach. I, I don't know if a ton of fans kind of recall how all of that played out. Maybe we'll go over that tomorrow, but... Uh, there's definitely a what-if scenario with Campbell. One thing I've always been impressed, too, with Campbell is I remember when he brought the Lions here. It probably was his first year, maybe his second year, for joint practices up at Grand Park. And the Colts had been on a little bit of a run. I think it was maybe the Browns with Freddie Kitchens and maybe even the Ravens with Harbaugh, where like the joint practices had just gotten kind of dysfunctional. You know, they had, you know, fights galore. Oh, and, fights all the time, yeah. And, you know, <laughs> Freddie Kitchens. I remember for a couple of days leading into those Lions joint practices, I was like, all right, here comes the biting kneecappers of Dan Campbell. Like, there's going to be fights galore. <laughs> and I know this might sound weird to some people, but, like, it was one of the more well-behaved, very, like, constructively productive joint sessions. And I've seen a lot of them over the years and not many of them follow that script. And it was kind of my first impression of Campbell in person. I'm like, damn, you know, yeah. I mean, he is the tough looking dude, tough sounding dude and all of that, but it's not like he's, you know, whatever, having a bunch of just wild maniacs out there that have no discipline whatsoever. I think when you watch their team, you see a lot of elements to it. And every time I watch the Lions, I continue to be impressed with their level of aggressiveness. And go back to that fourth and goal call that we talked about earlier. That was three minutes ago in the third quarter of a tie game. You hadn't done anything on that goal line situation. I'm thinking to myself, just kick the field goal. Take the lead and, you know, I guess trust your defense. I know Mike Evans was incredible all game long. By the way, that's a free agent wideout, Mike Evans. Be curious to see what the market looks like for him, if Michael Pittman Jr.'s impact in any way, shape, or form on that. Uh, but yeah, the the aggression from the fighting Campbells. I love it. So you can cheer for the 49ers. Mark I don't want to cheer for the them lines. either. I thought the Packers choked that game away. I thought they gagged the game away. I don't I don't believe in the Niners at all. I think the Lions, listen, I don't mind saying it. I think the Lions go in. I think the Lions win the game. I think they walk into San Francisco and win that game on Sunday. I really do. I think the Lions are going to be in the Super Bowl. Debo Samuel injury. Yeah, X-rays came back. Is that negative. a big reason why oh, that, a, you're, that you're going there? Because no, they are a. To- if you look at the stats, uh, it's they not are even a close. Totally, totally different, different team, team with or without him. No, I just listen. I, I think I think the uh, I think the Lions will get to Purdy. I think he'll have a substandard game. I think you're the Debo Samuel injury. I, I mean, the Niners were lucky. To, to get that win against Green Bay on Saturday night. They were. I mean, Green Bay's probably kicking themselves, more than kicking themselves, uh, over how that game played out, missed field goal, how the game ended with the interception, and about 10 other plays uh, in between. So it was quite the weekend. Uh, Baker Mayfield had a nice game. I'll ask you the same thing I did on Friday. What do you do contractually with Baker Mayfield oh, you if you're the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah. yeah, what, what yeah. does that He's look like, He's earned the right though? to come back. No, but I'm saying, what does that look like? Is that three years, $100 million? Yeah. Is I think it, it's. A, I mean, is it something like that? It'd be thirty-three, and you know, change a year. Yeah, I think it's a couple of years. You know, I I remember when Baker had the you know, that chaotic week with the Rams. Like it didn't look awful with them. Uh, and obviously, there were moments with Cleveland. I mean, think about it. There was that playoff game at Arrowhead, Andy, where I mean, they almost won that that playoff right. game with Baker starting. So it's not like it's been. You know, this isn't this isn't Sam Darnold. I guess what I mean, Baker has had some moments in the NFL where maybe it's not been first overall pick, but it's certainly been 
serviceable starter, and, and, and that probably is too negative of a term to even use. I'd say better than that. And also, it's not like they have, it's not like Kyle Trask has been groomed and waiting as the backup. Oh, or they have no. this top right. 10, top 15 pick waiting for them. So again, those games coming up on Sunday, 3 o'clock, it'll be Baltimore and Kansas City. A slight favorite there, the Ravens in that one. A big, big second half on the ground for them. Uh, Lamar Jackson had some MVP moments in that second half. And then, uh, obviously, the NFC title game, 49ers and Lions. Shameless plug, Andy, for the website right now. I've done my first mock draft look here for the Colts. Uh, So this is pretty much, you gather up, you know, a handful of mock drafts. I do this every couple of weeks. Oh, no, you should be doing this. This is great. As we start to get closer to the NFL draft. And really, the big, I think, first event of the offseason is about to happen. This will be next week in Mobile. It'll be the Senior Bowl. And I think our listeners or followers of the Colts will certainly realize Chris Ballard is a huge Senior Bowl advocate. I would say routinely, you know, in what, 10, 11-man draft classes? Hell, I'd say probably half of them are products of the Senior Bowl. He is a huge, huge uh, believer in that event, guys that perform well there. Um, So that's something, of course, to keep an eye on. So I looked at six mock drafts, all right? And I look at the names slotted to the Colts at number 15 and the positions slotted to the Colts at number 15 and think, this really fits a lot of what Ballard said a couple weeks ago Okay, at the season-ending presser. And, and the years that I've done this, a lot of times you get the national pundits, and I feel like they don't have a great pulse on exactly what the Colts' needs are. And whatever, it's 32 teams. I'm not acting like they should be speaking gospel on the Colts. But if you look at it right here, they've got three corners going to the Colts of the six that I looked at, two wide receivers, and then probably the name that will attract the most attention on it. They do have Brock Bowers, the tight end out of Georgia. Maybe calling him a tight end is unfair. You know, a lot of people just, hey, he's just a weapon, flat out. And Shane Sykin would be foaming at the mouth to get a player like that. But think back to what Bowers said, Andy. Three corners, two wideouts, and a tight end. So if you just want to boil it down to three pass catchers and three corners, he often mentioned in that presser a few weeks ago, we need to get more explosive mm-hmm. on both sides of the ball. Three pass catchers and three corners in different levels of explosiveness, one trying to create them, the others trying to limit them. This kind of checks out. Let me ask you guys this. Other years, how 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 are the mock drafts lined up to what Ballard has done? I would say not very well, okay. especially... That's how I feel as well. ...in the early portions of the offseason. Sure. Well, I mean, you still don't have... You know, you know, the, the new season doesn't start until March, so you still have all these free agents. Yeah, you're going to go through Pittman's injury. decision you're would gonna, impact yeah, this hugely. 100%. Yeah, Michael Pittman doesn't come back. Then someone like a Keon Coleman or a Brian Thomas or someone like that. That's the other wide receiver there, Brian Thomas's uh, L- at L- LSU. Do you view corner... Well, this highly, I, I I think I do for them. I could understand why you would say no to that, but I, I think I do. My question is, and I had this written down. It's interesting you bring this up and then you wrote about it on the website. My question for everybody, I think is, what do you think about Brock Bowers? 
at 15. Yeah, yeah. That, to me, mm-hmm. that's that's the number one question. If you go with the, you know, if you go with Kool-Aid McKinstry, for people that don't know, uh, he's one of the corners, uh, obviously, there at Alabama. And the thing to know is, whether it's Senior Bowl, we know how, you guys, listen, in Indianapolis, we know how the combine works. There's going to be guys that go to the combine that absolutely blow up in a good way and guys that blow up in a bad way. You're going to have injuries to some of these prospects. You're going to have an off-the-field issue to somebody here uh, who's going to be taken pretty high. So there's a lot of water to go under the bridge. For me, the question I have is, what do you think about Brock Bowers? Uh, and and like, does he does he get to 15? If he's still there at 12 or 13, is that someone that Ballard would want to make sure that he goes up and gets? Is it no, we're going to sit pat at 15 and whoever comes our way, whether it's, you know, that second tier of wide receiver, whether it's the end of the first, perhaps second tier of cornerbacks, where are we going to go to me? And there's Ball- a better chance of you starting for well, the Giants I, next I, year than Chris Ballard <laughs> trading up, up, by the way. I, listen, I'm with you. Well, I, I think it, to me, it starts with what do you think about Bowers in, I, I would, in all of these? And that's would, what I'm trying to sort through. Yeah, I, I'd be all in on it. I, I think he's such a unique player. I get that the tight end history at that position is not necessarily one where you need to be spending high first-round picks uh, on them and get the benefit of that. I mean, hell, look at some of the tight ends we're going to see this coming weekend, whether it's Mark Andrews, whether it's you know George Kittle. I mean, these guys were not high draft picks. Um, I know Sam Laporta was taken relatively high, but I, I just think that Bowers is is different. And I think if that's kind of, you know, you could make the argument, Andy. Again, I still think you need to go out and find a wideout. But right now, if you ask Colts fans, they'd probably feel better about their wideout group than their tight end group. So if you really want to kind of get into the nitty gritty of it, you know, if you get a Bowers and you re-sign Pittman and all of a sudden Alec Pierce is starting to be more of a weapon with Anthony Richardson's big arm. Do you do you have a little bit more than maybe it looks like on paper right now? So I would be a fan of Bowers at 15 because I just think he's a weapon. I, I think maybe labeling him as just a tight end would be unfair to that end. Uh, the other question, though, is I do not view corner on the same level as the other positions. And I get that the, the corners and the secondary were a big issue for the Colts this past season. But... At some point, you've got to rank these things. They can't all just be on one tier. And the scarcity of edge rushers, the one position we don't see here, and the early mock draft look is a bit concerning to me, if I'm going to be totally honest. But again, I would go a little edge rusher probably at the top, wideout very close to being second, and again, wideout pass catcher, if you want to label it a little bit more accurately. But at corner, it's a need, but it's not as high as the other two because I kind of look at Juju Brents, Jalen Jones, and I guess Dallas Flowers. I hate to bank on guys coming off a torn Achilles. Well, what about Kenny Moore, too? Again, we don't right. know what's going to happen with Kenny I guess Moore. I'm going it's a, a big bit deal. More outside corner sure, than sure. I am kind of nickel slot. I kind of look at those three and think, all right, Juju, Jalen Jones, Dallas Flowers, those three, can you find at least one answer, maybe a half of an answer? And does one and a half kind of get you by for the time being? And then again, maybe you draft the corner in what, round three or something like that. So you still give that group another reinforcement. Uh, but that those are kind of my early impressions exiting this first mock draft look. Your question, is Bowers there at 15? Is that too high for a tight end? And I say that in quotes. And then secondly, uh, does Chris Bowers view corner in the same light as the other needs? I, I, I do not, uh, but that's just me speaking 
on my own opinion. I wish I, I, I wish I knew more about Brian Thomas out of LSU. I he's going to be a hot name. He's 6'3", 6'4". He's a he's big He's the tall, dude. lanky yeah. guy. Malik yeah, Neighbors I, more of the explosive LSU wideout. Right. I mean, he's just, uh, yeah, Brian Thomas is just, you Brian know. Brian Thomas fits probably more of the Colts height mold yeah for I mean, what he's six they four like two ten I mean he's a big he's a big guy I had 17 touchdowns this past year I mean that that LSU you know LSU was one of those teams that scored a bunch of points and were a fun team to watch but I feel like with your boy uh who's your boy over there the head coach Brian Kelly I just feel like no one watched LSU nearly Family. as much <laughs> I watched that over the weekend by the way my family. What was he trying to do there? I still have no idea what he was He's trying, trying to get some <laughs> gumbo. He's trying to get some gumbo. Listen, from I'm, the all, season I'm all about some Brian Bowers. And he started talking like that. Uh huh. Right. They have to do. You would agree that they have to do something at tight end in the off season, whether it's Brock Bowers or you know Jelani Woods comes back. But even then, you have to get something free agent wise, someone in the draft that you feel good about. You can't go into next year probably selling us Will Mallory. Again, the Senior Bowl starts <laughs> in a week. No tight ends are free agents, so anything they would do, you would, would think be in the draft. would be adding yeah. to that group. You ever I mean, been I guess- to the Senior Bowl before? Oh, I you would not, love that. You no. go down the Super uh, Senior Bowl. No, or is it Birmingham? Isn't it? Is that uh, where it's Mobile? At? Right? Mobile. Mobile yeah. Oh yeah. Am I, I don't think Mobile, Alabama has ever been very high on the old wish list. <laughs> I'm sure they have an Applebee's there. By the way, did you see Lane Kiffin had his first Bucky's experience yesterday? I, I did see that. Oh, did he? I he didn't tweeted see that. about that. His other tweet, uh, Lane Kiffin had the Bucky's tweet, and then he retweeted an Ohio State guy. Did you see this? Ohio State. No, they're getting everybody. Ohio State's getting everybody. Did I see that they uh, spent $13 million on NIL? That's what Lane Kiffin retweeted, that Ohio State has spent $13 million on on NIL. And all I could think of was poor Kirk Signetti up at 3 a.m. with his binders (laughs) talking to us in the morning. Brother, you better get some more recruits in there. Did Lou so Holtz Ohio contribute State, anything baby. to the $13 million there for the Buckeyes? I, I don't think he did. Uh, speaking of IU, let's play this. Again, Greg Doyle going to join us here at the top of the hour. We should play this just because uh, it is both kind of funny and kind of sad. So CJ Gunn on Friday night got tossed from the game for the we call it the, the little chicken elbow up to the up yeah. to the face of, uh, of got the uh, wing a little too high. <laughs> Wisconsin player. And of course Indiana lost that game that 91 79. Kind of nuzzled into CJ Gunn. I he did. He first, did. Too. There's some nuzzling going on. Uh, so CJ Gunn tossed from the game. They went to break. This is on Learfield over on our sister station, WIBC. Uh, and they come back from break. Don Fisher unhappy with the Hoosiers. And I have never said this before in my 51 years behind the microphone at Indiana University, but I am embarrassed for this ball club. Uh, right and now. Not, be, not because of the score. <laughs> How is this the team, out of all the teams that he has seen, good or bad, how is this the team that's breaking Don Fisher, the Hall of Famer, 51 years behind the microphone? It's this team that's breaking him. How? Well, I, I say this in all seriousness because, you know, I mentioned the stat earlier and I kind of joked about it. I, I saw something that they lead college basketball in flagrant fouls. <laughs> I, I Based off that comment by Don, it's a little bit more of, off the court, or or not necessarily, you know, play not basketball wise, right? You know, three point right. after three point, or free throw after free throw. There, um, yeah, I, I think embarrassment is probably a fair word to use, and I would say more overall. Like I, I thought about it watching that game Friday night, Andy. I can't even recall us having like a one to two game stretch where we're like, man, Indiana's starting to play some better basketball. 
Right. Like, I mean, remember the first half of the or the first game oh, of the yeah. season? Florida Gulf Coast with oh, their they, best player. They not barely playing, won games. Army. And they a bunch barely of games. won. Then yeah. they play Army, who was like 357th yeah. in college basketball, and they're like down late in that game. Hey, again, a, a nice 40 minutes against Ohio State at home, but then, you know, that was quickly followed up by a poor performance. It's like they just have not even had a fleeting moment or two. You, I'm like, every team usually has like a two or three game sequence where you're like, all right. Here we go. Okay, I see some life. I see some, you know, right lineup combinations. And Indiana hasn't even sniffed that this season. Everything has been. They've been so disappointing. Are they going to make the tournament? It's all been big picture sadness. Yes, it yeah. hasn't. That's yeah. all it's been. Sad, pathetic, embarrassing. However you want to describe it, Don Fisher using that word, embarrassing. Uh, very accurate. Uh, nothing for Indiana, mercifully, until Saturday. It'll be Illinois for them, a road game at... Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. The other assembly hall coming up. All right, Greg Doyle, he joins us next. Yeah, pretty good commute this morning. I think we, I think uh, all of us here on the show made it in pretty easy. It's good. Last week was not the case. Supposed to rain, but get a little warmer this week, up into the 40s and 50s. KB and I will be wearing shorts uh, in, the, in the studio on Wednesday if it gets uh, to the 50s. Look so, like Jason Kelsey. Yeah, here. so that so that we'll have our shirts off. That'll be a lot of fun uh, as well. Obviously, talking Pacers back in action tomorrow night, two and four on the road trip. We have our final four set championship weekend coming up in the NFL. Tons of college basketball. So loaded. On this morning, Greg Doyle joining us here uh, on. No, oh, we just lost Greg. All right, so we'll get him here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Uh, tons of things we were talking during the break. Where to lead off with Greg? We can go anywhere. Where I was going to lead off, and we'll get him here. Is you know he's a he's a storyline guy. Being a columnist, I'm interested which storyline between the Ravens and Chiefs and Lions and Niners uh, he likes the most. Probably Detroit. But Greg, uh, back on the line. Greg Doyle joining us here from the Indy Star. Greg, good morning, sir. Thanks for joining us. How are you? I'm good. I'm sorry for hanging up on you. Uh, if you want the truth, I've been dealing with a sinus infection for like five weeks. I know a lot, a lot of people out there are dealing with all kinds of stuff. Worse than this, and I'm the kind of person that if you ask a question, I'll give you an answer. And, <clears throat> and I'm trying to cough on you here. 
Oh, well, that's okay, man. I know it's hard to shake those things. I'm sure the weather being three below hasn't uh, hasn't helped clear that up. But Greg joins us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. I was saying when we were reconnecting with you, you know, Chiefs, Ravens, Lions, and Niners, you're a guy that enjoys a good story. Which of these storylines uh, interests you the most, and which storyline would you like to see in the Super Bowl in a couple weeks? I want to see the quarterbacky guy get a t- get a Super Bowl. I-, I want Lamar Jackson to win one. I, I don't like. Uh... And if it wasn't him, I was hoping for Josh Allen, but he's out. I, I don't like it when, when we do this to great greatness. We did it, and I'm not a Jim Beheim guy. In fact, Google me and Beheim, and we had a moment once. But I didn't like it when Beheim was, and Roy Williams too. Until they win one, they're ripped because you haven't won one. It's just not that easy, and and it's a roll of the dice. Anyway, I don't like it. Like and Painter's getting it now in the Final Four. I don't like undervaluing greatness because. The, the one or two games that have to go their way over the course of 300 don't. So I would like to see Lamar Jackson win a Super Bowl and just shut everybody up for once. Like, two MVPs not enough. Apparently that's not enough. Then go win one, Lamar. He's Greg Doyle. He is from the Annapolis Stars with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Greg, I want to go back, and hopefully you can kind of take us, uh, I guess, behind your eyes, if you will, uh, back to Indiana-Purdue last Tuesday night and the column that you wrote there in regards to Zach Eady and what you kind of saw at the end of the game. And, and feel free to take it wherever, whether you want to go down the Eady route in Purdue or if you want to go down the Indiana route. But for those that maybe have missed your column, uh, I thought that was a, a pretty unique scene that you kind of painted uh, for all of us on Tuesday night. Yeah, thank you. Uh, really, thank you. I, covering an IU-Purdue game is, is tough. You know, I make it tough for me. You know, my job's fun, but I make it tough because I want to honor both schools, both fan bases. I want everybody to, to want to read the story, and I'm aware that, you know, the headline says one team lost. Well, those readers aren't going to want to read. So I'm always debating in my head, what do I do? How do I go about this? How do I give both schools, you know, fair attention in one story when one of them won by 20? And I'm, those are my thoughts as I'm walking down from the media seating I have coming to the crowd. And then, truth is, uh, I anticipated smugliness, but not this one. So I, I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go walk over there to the uh, IU tunnel where they leave, and I just want to see if, if Woodson or Xavier Johnson is treated poorly. And that, that's what, So I was over there just, you know, maybe that happens, and if it does, I, I'm going to write about that because that's not appropriate. It didn't happen. Uh, and I'm turning to leave. Uh, you know, I'm, okay, let's go to the media room. And I hear this one guy, and the, and the arena is not empty, empty, but after having 17,000 people in there, it might as well be empty. You know, Everybody's filing out. I hear one guy just taunting Zach Eady mercilessly. And he, he had some lines in there that I didn't say, like, you're going to be a Walmart greeter, Eady, and, and you suck. And, and I'm watching this just thinking, well, that's, you're an idiot. But it keeps going, and I'm watching Eady do a live TV interview at midcourt, and I see him wave at the guy and smile. Like, he can hear him. The guy's 15 rows up in the corner behind a basket. So I don't know how many feet that away from Edie is. I'm going to guess 150 feet away, 100 feet. Edie's hearing him, smiling at him, and waving at him. The guy's that obnoxious. And the four people around this guy, there's two, two women and two guys, they're obviously in a group. They're all giggling and chuckling like, this is funny. You know, this is what Twitter does. Twitter, this is what social media does. It teaches people, conditions people, that if I can be mean to somebody and I get a few likes out of this or a few retweets or a few, a few of my bros tell me way to go, then that's worth it. So I just I walked that way, not not necessarily think I'm going to write about it, but maybe, and I start talking to him about it, and and he's not repentant at all. Even when I'm saying, you know, he goes, he sucks. We had 33 points. He's terribly at 14 rebounds. He's a joke. Uh, did you look at the scoreboard? Like I'm actually starting to taunt him. Like there's a scoreboard up there. Do you see that? And then he gives me a name, and it's clearly not his name. And he thinks he's so smart. He's smirking at me. I realize that's not the name you get. That's not your name. I look it up, and it's not. 
Um, I got an email a couple days ago. If that guy's listening, I hope you're scared. I got an email. I know your name now. I know it. Um, so I, every time I go to Assembly Hall, and when I say every time, Kevin, I mean every effing time. I'm going to go look for him, and I'm going to go tell him his name right to his face and then see what happens. And, uh, and if he does anything, if he does anything that I think is worthy of a story, uh, he'll be in the paper the next day with his, with his name. And I know what he looks like, too. I got a mugshot. Are we, um, are we close at all? To talking about Mike Woodson's future? Uh, well, yes, because not not necessarily because this season isn't going the way people want it to go. You know, in, in a vacuum, we don't live in a vacuum, and I don't write in a vacuum. But in a vacuum, you know, Trace Jackson Davis leaves one of the statistically one of the greatest. I mean, I just never mind. One of the best players of all time in this great program. He's gone. Few others are gone. I think there's one starter back from last year. I believe it's one, maybe two. So we could look at this and say, uh, you know, this is going to happen. Give him some time. But, but you know, the, the way it's happening and and the way it's happening with misbehavior or lack of composure, I guess is a better word, by players, just and the, the things he's allowing and tolerating, um, it's got the fan base angry. And then you, you factor that by this fan base doesn't do patience. It just doesn't. It hasn't. You would think after – 30 years after post night that the fan base would be conditioned to patience. They're not, they, they, they're not patient at all. And so th- this is one of those deals. And, and this happens all over the country where the tail, the tail does wag the dog. The dog is IU. The tail is the fan base and the fan base. If they decide they're done with you, they're done with you. And they were done with cream and, and it might've been time to go, but they were done with him. They were so done with him. If you remember, IU would not play a home game in the NIT because they didn't want their coach to get booed on national TV. That's why they got rid of him. And they were done with Archie Miller, and they should have been. But anyway, they're, they're getting done with Mike Woodson. And when that happens, it's like, you know, there's a tidal wave coming. And Scott Dolson and IU, they, they can try and stop it, but it's it's bigger than them. How do you handicap, though? You know, I lived in Louisville, uh, and Greg Doyle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline, and they got, listen, they got in bed with family. They hired Kenny Payne, and Kenny Payne's been a disaster, and Mike Woodson has not been Kenny Payne. He has obviously been much better than that, but you're still in business with family. How do you know, once I throw that into the equation, now what? Because, you know, things can get sensitive, and they can get sensitive pretty quick. Yeah, for sure. And, and by the way, and I realized my last, my last answer – could be interpreted, and maybe it's my fault, as I think he's going to be fired after this year. I didn't mean that. I was answering Kevin's question. Are we? Your question was something along the lines of, are we at the point where, what did you ask me? Uh, when do we start talking about Mike Woodson's future? That, okay, there. We're, we're there. We're there. Now, the future doesn't mean today. It doesn't mean tomorrow. And I actually wrote this after the Rutgers game, and I, I regret the way I wrote it because I wasn't clear enough. And people at IU saw what I wrote, and they weren't happy about it. And I don't blame them. And I told them, I, you know, I got that part wrong. Not, not wrong, wrong, but I worded it poorly what i wrote was this is the kind of loss something like this is the kind of loss the, the key words were it starts the clock ticking on his tenure and when i wrote that in my head what i meant was not not tick 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 he's fired in march what i meant was what i meant was i should have written this there are two kinds of coaches really in college basketball or anywhere there's the kind of coaches that leave when they want to and they're the kind of coaches that leave when they're told to leave that's what i meant and Woodson is becoming the kind of coach that won't get to pick his exit. You know, he'll leave when they tell him to leave, and so, which means the clock is ticking. It's not. It's no longer. It's not. It's not in his control anymore. But I didn't mean then, and I don't mean right now. He'll be fired in March. What I mean is the fan base is getting loud, and I don't mean that the 
the and I'm not backtracking. I'm trying to be, be more clear. The tidal wave's coming. I don't think it, the pressure builds up. I don't think the weight of it builds up that they would ever fire an alum, Mike Woodson, after three years. I don't think he's going to get fired after year three. You, you don't do that to Mike Woodson. You don't. Uh, but but the clock is ticking. Is that a long-range talk? clock? Is it a stopwatch? I don't know, but the clock is ticking. Greg Doyle with us here on the Payless Slickers Hotline. Indy Star, you can check out all of his stuff. Always a, a, a fantastic read. On the other end, you know, KB and I were talking about this, Greg. You know, this week, ho-hum, you know, two-road Big Ten wins. Zach Eady, what what was it? Uh, the last three games, KB, what was it? 30 and 18? and 18. 31 and 18 the last three games. Whether it be Purdue or Eady, I know they've had the issues in March, but boy, Greg, we need to make sure we're not taking it for granted what we're seeing with this team and specifically the greatness we're seeing with Zach Eady. Right, but but we sort of are. Uh, we, we sort of are because and, and Purdue is sort of they've sort of done that to us. You know, they they keep losing and they don't just lose. And I love Matt Painter, but they don't just lose in the Sweet Sixteen. It's been rounds one and two, and and mainly one. And you know, just like I was saying, IU fans ought to be conditioned to be patient, but they're not. Purdue fans and, and just in general college basketball fans are kind of conditioned to think what you're doing right now is great, Purdue, but we need to see more. And that's, that's the way it used to be with Gonzaga. Gonzaga was, okay, Gonzaga, great. You won 30 games. You're going to you know, get, get to the Elite Eight or, or be quiet. So Purdue is reaching that point, and so, and, which makes it – and I try, I try to enjoy it when I'm – I mean, I do enjoy it when I watch it, and I, and I wrote about it, and I try to write about it. As in, you know, I'm watching something that I'm, I'm not going to see this again. I'm just not. And I'm not going to take this for granted. But at the same time, let's acknowledge that this, this team, this program, will not be judged by what it does December to February. It's going to be mid, late, even early March, even early April. But we're watching something that we're not, we're not going to see. We're, we're never again going to see, and I want you to go back and Google. We're never going to see this again. I, I, um, I'm wrong a lot, but four years ago, when the first time I laid eyes on Zach Wood at Edie, and, and, and you know, we were just starting to learn a story. Okay, you played hockey, ba- baseball. You've been playing basketball for about six months, whatever. And he was scoring 14 points in 13 minutes. And not, not looking like this, but still looking unstoppable. I wrote that we don't know what his ceiling – we've never seen anything like this. We don't even know what he's going to be because we've never seen a guy this big, this raw, and yet this good this early. We have no idea what he's going to be in four years. Had you told me four years ago when I wrote that story, he's going to be a two-time national player of the year, I'd have said, that's kind of what I'm getting at here is that we've never seen anything like this and we'll never see it again. So let's please enjoy it. He is Greg Doyle. He's with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. Obviously, you read his work. Over at the Indianapolis Star in yesterday's paper, it was a column on Jim Irsay and right now the health issues for the owner and how the Colts as a franchise need to handle things moving forward. Greg, I'm curious, what I don't know, it's probably an obvious answer, but like what was maybe the tipping point in getting you to write a column that, I don't want to speak for yourself, but I'm sure you've obviously put a lot of thought in, in something along those lines even prior to you know maybe what's unfolded here over the last month, month and a half. I appreciate that sensitive question because um, it, it, I didn't want to touch this. I didn't want to write about it. I uh, just I don't know what there is to say. There's a guy battling addiction, and it's terrifying and frightening and and, and devastating and all that. But but I think for me the tipping point came when when Chris Ballard said he's in stable condition, and I hate to put that on Ballard, but he you know he just he, we asked him at his you were there Kevin we asked him at the end of your press conference, you know how is Mr. Ursay? And he said he's in stable condition. I heard that and thought, okay, yeah. this is different. The quote stood w- out. It, uh, the quote stood out, Greg. It did. Well, yeah, because 
I mean, stable, you know, if someone is stable, sometimes is good. You know, if somebody is, uh, has, you know, almost died in a car crash and three weeks later they're unstable, that's a great update. If a guy was, uh, and we didn't even know about the overdose yet, actually. The overdose news of December 8th came out a few days after Ballard, I think. But we knew he had an upper respiratory. We knew he'd been told that. We knew he'd been kind of disappeared from, the, from view, which is not like Jim Mercer. And all of a sudden he's stable. As I wrote in the story, is that supposed to be comforting? Consider me uncomfortable. And then a couple of days later, the, the, the news of the, of the uh, overdose, Carmel police think it was an overdose. You know, we don't know. But Carmel police labeled it a suspected overdose. So that news came out. And, and at that point, I'm almost ashamed that I haven't written about it yet. Because, you know, just like you guys talking about it, there are certain things that are so big in this market. If you have a job like you guys have, you have a job like I have, you can't just say, boy, that's touchy. I'm going to leave that one alone. So you have to go after it. And, and now knowing what I know, or at least hearing what I hear, and I guess you're going to ask me a question here in a minute, but knowing what I know or believing what I believe, I wish I hadn't written as much as I wrote because what I wrote was it's time for him to you know, pass the team on to his kids. It's time for him to pass the team on his kids for a couple of reasons. One is he clearly, by his own words, he's been fighting addiction and has been into rehab 15 times, by his own words, at least. So what he's doing, which is running the Colts, and fighting his addiction, it's not working. And I'm not talking about the Colts. I'm not saying, look at the Colts' record. No, no, it's not working for him. He needs to, if I can lecture an adult for a minute, he needs to give up control of the team, back away, and just get, you know, get your sober, get get fat, get, get okay if you can. Recover. And I wrote that, and then I wrote also, and also while you're at it, you know, get the, get the, um, the transmission of this team going to your daughter's. Because what we don't want to have happen is if you've been in rehab 15 times at least, if you've had two now suspected overdoses where they've had to revive you from death, that means you can't take a day for granted at all. Get this progression handled from you to your kids because if it goes into probate, all bets are off. All bets are off for everybody, and that includes our city. Just because you don't know, we don't know. That guy's lived an interesting life, okay? We don't know what he, what, how he's lived. We don't know what who he knows. We don't know. You know, we just don't know. And – and Jim Arce himself fought this when he, if you if you guys, well, you don't remember. I don't remember, but I, I just know this. Robert Arce, when he died 30 years ago, you know, he wanted the team to be passed on to his son, Jim. Well, it wasn't that easy because Robert's wife, Jim's stepmom, fought it. And they had to go to court. So, And we'll, we will never know, thank God. We'll never know if she had won, what happened to the Colts if she had won control? Are they still here 30 years later? We'll never know. We'll never know. So I wish I hadn't written um, that much about it because – it just feels like, seems like it's even worse than, I, I mean, you guys are hearing the same things I'm hearing, I'm sure. And, and we, you don't, you know, the thing is, you don't know what's a rumor. Yeah. You don't know what's real. I'm worried about him, Greg. Right. I'm worried about him. I'm terrified yeah. for him. And it's like, I, I don't, let's put it this way. I don't, as far as sources on this story, there's really only, I mean, as far as sources you believe, scale of one to 10. One being the lowest, ten being the highest. Ten, the highest would be you know Ursa himself or, or someone in his family. They told you something, you believe that one hundred percent. Some an, an email you get, and I've gotten a million of them. That's a one or even a zero. Doesn't mean anything to me. But I've heard from two people in the last couple of days that haven't have not told me, have not said to me, this is how he is. What they've said to me is expressed. Almost, they're almost mourning right now, and. Mm. It just scares me, like you said, Kevin. It's, it's it's scaring me. What is going on here? How bad how bad is he? And I wish I hadn't talked about you know 
stepping away from the Colts because I, I, I think that's almost the least of our problems right now. Yeah, I don't want to be too insensitive, Greg, and immediately transition to like, okay, uh, you know, what down the road, whenever this comes, what would the franchise look like underneath the daughters? But I, I, I will ask you that again. I apologize for the insensitive nature that that might seem, but I don't know if you've ever got the impression of I. I guess I'll, I'll speak for myself. I've never got the impression that all of a sudden, uh, whenever this passing of the franchise happens, that boom, the owners or the daughters would sell it tomorrow and just say, yeah, the inheritance tax is this. And, you know, oh my gosh, look at all this generational wealth for all of our children and future grandkids, et cetera, et cetera. We are going to, you know, wipe our hands of it and move on. Look at how much NFL franchises sell for nowadays. I've never gotten that impression, if any. And to be fair, it's not like we've gotten a whole lot of insight on that, I think. Uh, but have you ever got an impression from what you think life after Jimmer, say, with the Colts would look like? No, no, but I have, I have an opinion on it. And the opinion is his daughters, um, two of them for sure. And I don't know, I don't know, um, let's see, I know Carly a little bit. I know Kalen, um, Casey, is it Casey? Correct, yep. Mm-hmm. I don't know her at, at all, yeah. at all. And she's the least involved of the three. Okay, that'd be why. But two of them are very involved. And I mean no disrespect. I'm just saying I don't know. But the two of them are very involved. Carly, Carly's involved to the point where I'm sure you've seen her, Kevin, at, at, at Grand Park. She's walking around the field with a notebook. She's taking notes. Yeah, she's in every she, practice. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Every practice, right. She's, and then, and then Kalen's involved in, in her own way and, and big ways, including the kicking the stigma that she's the one behind that. So what I'm saying is these are not hands-off daughters. These, these are not hands – they're, I don't think they're people that just want to be done with this franchise and first chance they get to make $4 billion split three ways, they're going to do that. I don't see that. Uh, their kids, however many of them have kids, I, I know, uh, you know, well, obviously they attend schools in this area, but I know which one they've attended. And, and they're, they're putting out, my point is they're putting on roots. Like the girls could have lived anywhere. They're putting on roots. They know what their dad wanted. They know what the name say how it's associated with the Colts. And, yes, Robert left – Baltimore 30 something years ago Jim and Robert he's just not he's not you know his dad was had his own it has his own things and Jim's heart is enormous and and maybe Robert's was too but before social media and whatnot no one really knew what he was all about we know what Jim's about he wants it to be here his daughters know that I think it'll be here but I also know that you just don't know you just don't know you don't you 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 literally don't know uh what none of us have been I mean look at the live golf tour you know people that have John Rahm was loyal to the PGA Tour and has more money than he'll ever spend. Generational wealth, just about. And yet, I think he just took a huge payoff to go to the Live. You just don't know what happens when people get offered four or five billion dollars. I can't even imagine what that would feel like. Greg Doyle with us here on the Payless Liquors Hotline. He writes for the Indianapolis Star, columnist there, IndyStar.com. Uh, I guess no good way to transition. I know you've written about this you know, recently, so I'll ask you. Just two games down now, Pascal Siakam traded to the Pacers. I know you're a fan of it. What does it do for expectations this year, Greg, in your mind? And just overall as a franchise, what does it signify that they were you know, able to go out there, take a big swing, get an all-star? are back and hopefully you sign them this offseason yeah i i think what it does is it puts them one player away and with you talk about perfect timing you know the all-star break is coming here and so the world's best players whether 30 40 of them are on rosters or the next 40 or 50 are just here to watch it they're all going to be here and they're all going to see downtown indy and downtown downtown indy 
at a moment like this is there's nothing better. There's now you could argue about Downtown Indy in June. You know, I, I don't know, but right now they're going to see they're going to see this city, this fan base at its absolute best. And I, it's going to be hard for somebody, for everybody. It's going to be hard for everybody to turn down the Pacers going forward. Most of them are obviously, but all you need is one. It's going to be really hard because they're going to see what's happening here. They're going to they, apparently the league itself loves Tyrese. And you watch him play, and he plays with this joy. It's like magic. He plays with joy like Magic Johnson. You know, he just loves what he's doing, and you can see it on his face. And people want to play with guys like that, especially because they pass the ball. And so the expectations for me going forward are rather large. You know, top four seed in the East next year, I hope for sure. This year, my only hesitation is, and I've seen they've lost a couple games already. My hesitation is, I remember what happened with the Miami Heat when they got the big three. Um, 15 years ago or so that their first 10 or 12 games, they were under 500. It takes a while to get going. And then they, they caught their, their wind. And then by the end of the year, they're one of the best teams in the league. The Pacers don't really have that luxury. You know, they're already in the middle of it and they're going to try to introduce the outcome. And it's not as jarring as three guys, but still it's, he, he becomes your number one offensive option just about, or at least he should be. How Burton always is the ball's in his hands, but as far as he's a point guard, he wants someone else to just, you know, do the heavy lifting. Pascal's going to become that guy. And that's hard to do in real time. So I, I don't know what I expect this year. I'd like him to win a first-round series. How about that? I would really like to see that. But going forward, I think the, the bar gets set higher next year. Greg, hope that sinus infection finally subsides for you. Hope Cap is hanging in there in this cold weather. And uh, as always, we greatly appreciate the time here on this Monday morning. So th- Life is full of things to manage. Your work, your family, your plans, and your treatment. Consider Kesimpta, Ofatumumab 20-milligram injection. You can take it yourself from the comfort of home. If you're ready for something different, ask your healthcare provider about Kesimpta and check out the details at kesimpta.com. Brought to you by Novartis Pharmaceuticals Corporation. Welcome back to Dealing Together. First caller? I bought three sweaters to get the fourth free. Oh, you got fleeced. Next caller? I traded my old Samsung at AT&T for a new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus and chose my plan. That's not a bad deal. It is not. Our best smartphone deals. Your choice of plan. Learn how to get the new Samsung Galaxy S24 Plus with Galaxy AI on us with eligible trade-in. AT&T. Connecting changes everything. Offers vary by device. Subject to change. S24 plus 256 gigabyte offer available for a limited time. Terms and restrictions apply. See att.com slash Samsung for details. Thank you. You're so nice. Thank you for having us. Bye. Our goats of the weekend coming up here in just a second. Can I ask you something, Kevin Bowen? Can I ask you? I'm uh, all Mark Dyked into. I just need to ask you guys this real quick. Why has it been like almost two weeks and Bill Belichick hasn't been hired in the Atlanta Falcons? Like, why did this hire Bill Belichick? Well, it seems like the Falcons. Did I see a uh, Harbaugh interview? Yeah, I mean, everyone's high. I mean, I know they've they've interviewed coordinators and there might be coordinate like what Slowick, you know, he's now available uh, out of the Houston Texans. Yeah, but if you ben want the Lions Johnson, guys, yeah, that's Ben not Johnson, happening. Ben Johnson, you're going to have to continue Aaron to Glenn, wait. But, I, but I'm sitting here saying if the Atlanta wanted to hire Bill Belichick, hire Bill Belichick. It's been almost two weeks now. Now, Who's the better hire, doing? Harbaugh or Belichick? Harbaugh. Maybe they want I, Harbaugh. Maybe they do want Harbaugh. Well, go hire Jim Harbaugh then. Let's go. So maybe we haven't get it done. really had anything out of the building, right? We've had two filled and Gerard Mayo and Antonio Pierce. Yeah. Antonio Pierce was Friday. don't know if that happened. I think that happened just after our show. So Antonio Pierce, take the interim tag off of him. So that leaves... The other, what, six so far? And it seems like based Surprising, off is it not? Nick Sirianni reportedly firing his defensive coordinator. Matt Patricia will not be back. Um, it seems like this is where we're at. Like, we will not get any more 
that'll trickle out here. So uh, I'm trying to think of the openings that we still have. We've got Titans, Commanders, Panthers, Falcons, Seahawks, Chargers. Yeah, that's what we have. And then two names just to watch. I know there was some scuttle this weekend. Uh, would Jim Bob Cooter potentially be someone who would fit the OC job there in Philadelphia? Uh, you know, they're trying to go back Had to, to stop there. Well, yeah, and you know, hey, they were so good was Philly with Shane Steichen. And he would call uh, the plays, yeah, which he's yeah, not doing exactly. here. Exactly. He's he would call the plays, probably be a raise, and he's been with Shane Steichen, so you would get some of that magic you would hope. So that's a name that's been thrown out there. And then I also, I don't know if it was Ian Rappaport was thrown out there. You know, if Vrabel doesn't get a job, would Vrabel go be the D.C. for Bill Belichick uh, in Atlanta for potentially a year? Take the year off? Well, I mean, yeah, you can, you can, well, you could be a D.C. with your boy Belichick. You go do some television, make a few hundred thousand dollars probably uh, with some Vrabel, television. Harbaugh, so. Belichick. Who's the best hire of those three? Uh, to me, it's still Harbaugh. I mean, prime of his career, uh, builds a program. Um, I, I feel like he's going to win. If you got five years with Harbaugh, I feel like you would be in the postseason three or four out of those years, and I feel like one or two of those times you would make a deep run. You would have a chance, right? Don't you feel that way with Belichick? I'm just, I'm just not sure anymore about him because he's done so much losing post Brady and the quarterback position so bad in Atlanta. He has not proven that he can fix the quarterback position. In fact, quite literally, he's failed in New England the last three years doing so. Is Atlanta the only place we've heard with him? Am I missing something? I mean, that's the only one. Harbaugh's taken, you know, a visit at what three places now. So I, I don't know. And I don't know what I feel about Antonio Pierce. I, I guess it's you know, the, the thing I care about the least is, and this happens in college athletics a lot, is uh, the players want a guy to be the coach. That doesn't mean that he should be the coach. I guess that's a little bit how I feel about Antonio Pierce. Max Crosby, uh, he may leave if uh, he's not the head coach. Like, okay, let's Slight see if different he will. public reaction to the Raiders and Antonio Pierce versus the Colts players and Jeff Saturday. Uh, yes. <laughs> Again, I don't think you always need to follow uh, the, the players on these sorts of things, but we shall see. All right, let's dive into it. Our goats, good and bad, our goats of the week. Let's hit the open. I hear everything. That's why he's the goat. The goat. Or goat. <laughs> this guy sucks. Of the week. Of the week, the good goat, the bad goat. Where do you want to start? I'll let you guys choose. You want to do the the warm and fuzzy? Oh, you you were saying you've got one that'll make Mark Dykeman right, well, happy. Yeah, let's go so there. I start feel like there. you got to go okay, there. Okay, I've got so, a nerd one. Okay, so no, that's the it's the negative goat of the week. It's the small goat of the week, and Mark's going to totally buy this. Uh, so yesterday, I'm watching some NFL football, the New York Jets tweet out maybe Aaron Rodgers isn't human, and it's a video. Of Aaron Rodgers. Do you know where I'm going, Mark? No. Okay, it's a video of Aaron Rodgers, but you don't see him teeing off. You hear his buddies. Aaron Rodgers got a hole in one. And the video that the Jets put out there was somebody teeing off. Again, I couldn't see Aaron Rodgers at all swing the golf club. And then it cut. It was an edit, Mark. It cut to them, to Aaron Rodgers on the green, walking towards the hole and picking up the ball. Whoa. Are and you going Aaron Rodgers conspiracy theory I don't here? Think, I don't think it's a conspiracy theory. No one believes in Aaron Rodgers got a hole in one, especially me. 
So you don't even, wow, so you think it's just a blatant lie. I 100%. Mark, look, you got to look I, this up. I'm looking up. at the video now. Yeah, there's no evidence of him actually swinging club. He's just walking walking on, like, the path, the cart path with, like, his hands over his head. Now, this was pre-cell phone, pre-iPhone, I probably should mention, but my brother had a friend that would literally take a camcorder out of the golf bag, and every time he would get on a part yeah, three, he'd, the he'd camcorder have it would be set up so everyone... <laughs> That's would great. witness that. And it was like an old school camcorder, oh, yeah, 100%. too. 100%. I love that. I, I, I love I, it. I, I adore so that. That's a great Rogers story. Rogers is well, lying here. Wow. I, I'm saying There I, might be some McAfee listeners listen, that would disagree with listen, you on that. Listen, I'm saying we need to get to the bottom of it. That's what I'm saying. If I got a hole in one, that's not how I would edit that video. Mark, you, you see it. Like, yeah. when they get to the green, it's like, okay, Aaron, now start walking towards the hole. I don't know. The whole, the whole thing is... It, it no. smells of a setup. He did it for the views. Did it for the likes. I did it for uh, something. I don't know. So Jets is that trying your to be good relevant. goat or negative no, that, goat? That's my negative okay. goat. The Jets <laughs> trying to be relevant in January. Yeah, yeah. No, Jets yeah, leave I'm us with, alone. I'm with Andy. Yeah, I figured you would be. I don't uh, buy it. My, my, I guess while we go down the negative path here, my negative one comes from Friday. I know it impacted a lot of people. I was texting Tony East and Jake Arthur about it. A little nervous for both of them, but the layoffs at Sports Illustrated. I, I don't know about you, Andy, oh, yeah, but I honestly, mean, yeah. I know. I, Without Sports Illustrated, I'm not even sure if I'm doing this for a living. Like, it was that impactful for me growing up. It was a sprint to the mailbox every Thursday afternoon knowing that the you know issue was waiting. Not just a sprint when it was the swimming issue either. Um, or the swimsuit issue, I should probably clarify. Did your mom take the swimsuit issue from you at any point? I think there were some uh, moments okay. I was like, wow, did I not get it this yeah. week? <laughs> well, that, that's, you know? That Come happened on, to that, me. Like, what, happened to, what happened to this month? Did they skip 694 Carson Court? Um <laughs> But I have all the I have really all the covers from I think it's 2000 like 2012 still um, just so many iconic images and reading Rick Riley on a you know weekly basis was always one of my favorite things doing growing up so I hate it for the industry that kind of speaks for itself um, but also just the fan in me it, it was so rooted in everything that Sports Illustrated was for me as a young very impressionable. A human and sports fan, so absolutely hated to see that. Yeah, I think the, uh, late last I think week. the star did, uh, you know, uh, covers that related to Indiana, whether it be Hoosiers or Purdue, or obviously the Colts have had several. The Pacers, Reggie Miller, you can think of a couple already. I think the Indy Star did a good thing, but I, I don't even know. I, I don't even know what's left, what they're going to do going forward. Yeah, I think there's um, a lot. Any of, of that, the, like, it what's lacks happening? a lot of clarity. And I was texting, you know, because. Tony Eastkin writes for SI.com sure. covering the Pacers, Jake Arthur for the Colts, and they both were kind of unsure as well. So, again, I don't think it's like the entire company or, you know, things like that, but certainly there were um, some significant amount of layoffs there. So, hated to see that. Uh, my bad is people not using their listening skills. Uh, during the Bills Chiefs game, there was a sideline report from Tracy Wolfson saying Willie Gay, who's been spying Josh Allen, is out with a neck injury. And then people who were not listening well just heard Josh Allen neck injury and started taking the social media, freaking out. <laughs> what? He's injured? He's out for the game. This is horrible for the Bills. My brother was one of them. I was like, what, what are you talking about? Josh Allen's right there. He has two rushing touchdowns. What are you talking about? And it, it, it was just clearly, yes, was it worded poorly? Yes, it was, Tracy Wolfson. It was not It was not worded properly, but Willie Gay was injured, not Josh Allen. He was very much not injured at all, and he played the whole game. But people not losing, using their listening skills, and it wasn't just one person. It was all over social media. What? Josh Allen's out? No, people. Just just rewind 10 seconds, and you would have heard properly. By the way, I, I know because Buffalo lost. We won't focus on this, but how about the Allen touchdown to Khalil Shakir? 
the third and goal. Oh, yeah. When he rolled to his left across his body. They just got two penalties that seemingly knocked him out of realistic touchdown range. Like, he just, there's one or two of those plays every single game that you're just in awe of. Obviously, they don't advance, so we won't focus on it, but damn, that was. Quite impressive by Josh Allen. They don't mind, uh, you know, running Josh Allen. He puts his head down, no, doesn't he? No, no, no. He puts his head down. They don't have those conversations with the quarterback running like we've had here. Uh, I guess. I guess. Listen, my big go to the week, and I've taken them to task. It's. It's. Listen. It's Jimmy Cook and his Kansas City Chiefs. I, I mean, to me, no one had more pressure than the Buffalo Bills. This. This. This game Sunday, this off season, like to me, that's how I viewed it. I could be wrong. You could say, "Well, it's the Lions. This is their magic moment." Understandable. Lamar Jackson needs to prove this, this, and that. You know, before the other night, he was one in three in the postseason. I get all those things, but to me, the Buffalo Bills had the most. They had the. They they finally had the game at home. They had the great, the crazy stadium. They had the snow and the people shoveling. And this is not an all-time great Chiefs team. And the Chiefs walk in there uh, and they win. And t- and to me, this era of B- Buffalo Bills, like the Bills, are going to need to retool. That's just the way I view it. So that's, I, I'm that's the kind of. Do loss. you have two negative goats? No, that's my positive. It's the Chiefs. <laughs> the Chiefs. Okay. okay. It's the Chiefs, baby. You were, you you were ripping the Bills, and no, I was well, like, wait a minute it ended here. Them. It ended, like, to me, they, they have to do full retooling. I mean, like, do we want Stefan Diggs here? I'm asking. Stefan Diggs oh, hell yeah. didn't do yeah. yeah. uh-huh. yeah. well, sure. that. That's a topic. Show, why would the Bills get rid of him? I mean, they don't use him. Well, I, he has had a hundred yard game since the Giants back two weeks before the Thanksgiving. Injury was was a big one there. That was a good them. that veered into negative land. Ugh. I feel like yeah, that was a little bit of everything on that one. Uh, I'm going nerd. I'm going the winner of the PJ Tour event. That would be uh, who's a sophomore that? at Alabama. <laughs> he would be Nick Dunlop. Who the 20 year old? Uh, he becomes the first amateur to win on the PJ Tour since Phil Mickelson. And that's a guy pretty decorated resume. Won the U.S. Junior Am. Won the U.S. Am. Uh, Tiger Woods. Uh, one of the very few people that have ever done that. But this is part of the reason why I love golf, the meritocracy of the PJ Tour that still is clinging uh, by it. Uh, here he is going up against Justin Thomas, Sam Burns, two very accomplished golfers in the final round. A big up and down on 18 to secure the one-shot victory. Uh, I was uh, watching this with my brother. Ryan had it on his phone here. Uh, so it was you know, NFL on the TV, Ryan Bowen with the PJ Tour event on his phone. Absolutely loved seeing that. Uh, and it's why a part of why I uh, love the PJ Tour and golf. <laughs> Only Kevin Bowen could go PJ Golf on NFL Divisional. What weekend. was the guy's name again? Nick Dun- Dunlap. Okay, Mick Dunlap. Nick, so I need Nick, to, Nick, Nick, Nick. So I need to start like paying attention. In a couple years, you might see this guy. Yeah, oh yeah. Okay. I mean, this the is Masters. not like that. I mean, obviously, it's an incredible accomplishment what he did, but it's not like that out of the blue. He's a very, oh, very sure, decorated. Sure. I just don't follow it. Junior you follow and it, so golfer. Well, okay, if you well, follow you college golf, then we would well, have some issues. <laughs> golf season starts at Augusta for me. That's when golf season starts. You got Tory Pines a Wednesday through Saturday in primetime this Golf week, season starts at Augusta for me. <laughs> you got any good ones, Mark? Yes. Uh, the Packers losing in the playoffs. No, uh, Packers yeah. fans may b- mock Bears fans. I was getting it left and right after the game when final. Uh, all the Bears aren't in the postseason. Your team stinks. The problem is Bears fans know this already. We're fully yeah. aware of that. Yeah. You're not breaking news to us, Packers fans. The bar is very low when it comes to Bears success. success. Uh, for the Packers and their fans... They get their hopes up every year. We're making the playoffs. We're going to go to the Super Bowl. And what happens? The rug gets pulled out from under, under them, <laughs> usually by the 49ers who've had their numbers the last couple of years. Is Jordan Love pretty good? Yeah. But you've also had Brett Favre and you have Aaron Rodgers and you've got two Super Bowls to show for it. So stick it, Packers fans. I think one of the sadder... 
I think one of the sadder states of fandom have been shared by each of you in the last couple of weeks. They, they when really have. You guys have celebrated the Packers and uh-huh. the Cowboys losing. Like, oh. literally, your respective teams have won the Super yeah, Bowl. But, yeah, but here's the thing. The Packers, Mark's like, you've only won two. The Cowboys, it's been it's been 30 years, brother. It's been 30 years since Jimmy Johnson. The Packers are the uh, Cowboys of the NFC North. They're, they look pretty good on the record. They get to the playoffs and they go down their leg. Yeah, I mean, to Andy's point, the Cowboys <laughs> would, would cut off limbs to have what the Packers have gotten here over the last couple of decades.